Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. The Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. And we see the Bears taking over with Nick Foles at the helm. Look, Trubisky looked uncomfortable sitting in the pocket. Third down and eight with the Bears already in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. The Chicago Bears take the lead with a minute 53 seconds remaining. Now, Alyssa, I want to say that I didn't see that coming, but the Bears were playing the Falcons. So, of course, I'm not surprised that the Falcons collapsed and the Bears pulled that off. But one thing that we should have seen coming all along was that Mitch Trubisky's leash was short. You've been telling us that all along this season, and uh, it turned out Trubisky's leash was short. He threw that pick in the third quarter. They go to Nick Foles. He finds a way to get the Bears to 3-0. and What do you think about that craziness? Another crazy one for you. I mean, it's really like, I mean, it's like great reality TV. It might not be pretty, but like you can't look away at the same time. It's just it's one nail biter after the other, especially against three teams that they should have easily handled. But, you know, good teams find a way to win. And I still feel like this team can be so much better, especially now that you have Foles coming in. I think you saw what the offense can look like. But, I mean, like you've been saying, I mean, they're must-watch TV at this point, and they're one of just seven undefeated teams left. So, I mean, it was definitely another crazy ride, and I feel like one of these days, one of these games that will be a convincing win and not, you know, edge your seat kind of thing because it's a little crazy. It's a, con- like we said, it's a content-producing machine. Right off the bat, what's your take on how Foles looked in that game? I mean, once he gets in there, it, you see the poise. He's just he just looks like a quarterback out there. It's stuff that you only see from a veteran who's been through it, right? A veteran who's led a team on a playoff run, a veteran who's outdueled Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, that's that's what Foles is. He just he looks like a different cat back there than Trubisky does. It's just you could just kind of see it. I mean, I think if we had a preseason this year, maybe the Bears would have saw that and started Foles right from the get because he just looks like a different cat out there at quarterback for the Bears. They look like an entirely different offense. Agreed. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people at the time, I was shocked that Trubisky was pulled given that, I mean, he obviously had a rough start to that game, but he was 2-0 as the starter. He had already orchestrated a fourth-quarter comeback, but don't get me wrong, it was the right move to go to Nick Foles like you said, the offense just looks completely different. You felt you can you saw that Matt Nagy was able to open his playbook a little bit more. Everything felt fluid. It, he ran it so efficiently. It felt like he'd been running this offense. Obviously, he'd been working in Philadelphia, you know, with Doug Peterson in that offense. But it felt like he was like running this offense with Matt Nagy for years. He was so comfortable out there. I mean, Foles has made his money being that clutch guy. He's cool, calm, and collected back there in the biggest of moments. And he came in and. In a quarter and a half, technically through five touchdowns. I mean, two of them are called back. He came in here through five touchdowns, you know, actually three, and led his team back. And he, I think he threw those three touchdowns, like, in a matter of, like, four minutes. Yeah, it and crazy. it was just incredible, like, to crazy. see, like, what he was able to do in such a short amount of time. But, again, this is Nick Foles that we're talking about. Yeah, I got to give you props, Alyssa. You know, remember week one after the comeback win over the Lions? I was like, man, Trubisky. 
he showed his coaches something. He proved his coaches right. He showed his teammates that he's the man. And you were like, eh, we'll see. You know, you were like, no, I'm not buying it. We'll see. And you just 100% nailed it. So, I, first of all, I got to give you props there. You, uh, you definitely were all over this quarterback situation with the Bears. But what's really interesting to me now is the Bears kind of admitting defeat on Trubisky, right? I mean, we we could see it coming. They declined his fifth-year option. They bring in Foles. It was kind of a matter of time before they do this, but now you're giving up on a guy that you spent major draft capital on, right? You, you're giving up on a quarterback that you drafted number two overall in 2017. You drafted him ahead of Deshaun Watson. You drafted him ahead of Patrick Mahomes, which I think is painful for Bears fans to hear, right? That's, just gonna, that's always going to be painful. I mean, he was that kind of investment. He was that kind of guy for this team, and now it seems like they're going to be moving on from this experiment. It's, it's going to be hard to come back from this, right? So it's a failure, I guess, by the Bears. I mean, this is a, a failed experiment, and that's kind of the uh, underlying story, I think, with this quarterback change. Absolutely, and I think that given that he was, there was so much invested in him as the former number two overall pick that they wanted to give him one last chance. And and heading into the season, I mean, I wanted someone to clearly win this quarterback battle, which didn't happen. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, let's give Trubisky one last chance. This is it. Like, I wanted him to get a shot, and he had a shot. He had three games. I mean, yes, he looked really good at, in three quarters, but in the end, I mean, it just didn't work out. And it's frustrating because, you know, you want to root for the guy. He's a great guy. He He's done exactly what this organization has asked him to do. You know, he's been a consummate professional. He's carried himself in a great way. He even spoke to the media after getting benched. Like, he's a great leader for this team. The team loves him. The players love him. Like, but in the end, it he just wasn't good enough, and it's better to get this out of the way now. But at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't write him off just yet in terms of getting back in the season because we've seen crazier things happen. Absolutely, an injury, maybe Foles, you know, stinks it up, but I, I I don't really think so. But I mean, like there could be a shot where he gets back in. But when all said and done, I think that we might have seen Trubisky throw his last pass as a Chicago Bear. Which was tough because his last pass was a telegraphed one to Jimmy Graham, which was a bad decision, got intercepted, and then we'll see. Maybe his last Bears highlight is him chasing down that interceptor and tackling him on the sideline, not letting him get in the end zone. Led to a Falcons field goal, and it was actually a, a decent play by him to keep him out, but I'm glad you talked about him as a person because I don't think Bears fans are going to have a lot of beef with Trubisky, right? I think, first of all, this year he led him to a 2-0 and record, like in a year where he's getting benched, they still didn't lose a game, which is kind of cool. Like replacing your starting quarterback, you almost feel like, you know, all hell's broken loose and you're just like backs against the wall. You have to make a change. You know, you're two and zero, and in the third quarter of week three, you lose your job. I mean, that's just a very interesting situation. But as you said, Alyssa, he is a great guy. And I thought his presser was, uh, was interesting. And I want to play a little, a little sound from his presser here right now. I mean, it's always one game at a time. What I did the first week and the second week doesn't really matter. Um, the fact of the matter was uh, we weren't doing too well in the first half, and Coach felt like making a change and taking me out would help us do better. And uh, the only thing I can control is me playing better And when, when I had those reps in the first half, and I didn't do that. So I gave him the opportunity to pull me. He did, and uh, it is what it is. So you just got to move forward, uh, accept it, and, and continue to be a great teammate. But – um, it's it's just a tough deal sometimes. Yeah, and you just said it, Alyssa, and I wanted to play that because I, I watched that presser, and uh, you do feel for the kid, and you can see that he is a good kid, and hopefully he gets another shot down the road, right? I mean, you can tell he's a good person that I think a lot of people like. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another shot down the road, maybe with a better match uh, with a coach. I just didn't feel like Trubisky and Nagy really worked. I think that there's a better system out there for him. But And I mean, like you, going back to what you said about when people, when Bears fans complain about Trubisky, they're 
they're not complaining about the guy. They're complaining about the player, not even really the player, but like where he was taken. Like you mentioned, obviously forever, we're going to hear about how Mahomes and Watson were taken after, but you know, it's okay. Like to be mad at Ryan Pace. So like, Mr. Trubisky didn't ask Ryan Pace to trade up one spot to take him over Mahomes and Watson. He did not ask for that. So this is, I mean, Ryan Pace obviously made the decision. That's something that's going to haunt him, I think, forever. Yes, it will. Um, <laughs> it has to. It will. But, I mean, you know, Trubisky, you know, he, he gave it his all. It just it wasn't good enough. And, I, like I said, we could see him again here as a bear down the line. I don't think so. I mean, crazier things have happened, but you know, it's disappointing because the hope was because like, you, you know, like, like we talked about, he's such a great guy. You wanted it for him. You wanted him to succeed. He, he was a hard worker. He was the first one in the building last one out. Like he gave it his all, but his all just wasn't good enough. And, you know, you feel for him, but you know, he did get four seasons to prove it and he just wasn't able to do that there's so much more to get to as we said the, the Nick Foles comes in kind of saves the day I say kind of because they were playing the Falcons and as I said <laughs> for the entire episode last week Alyssa I said the Falcons love to give W's away and man were the Falcons falconing on Sunday in that game that was unbelievable with that Falcons team my gosh and a really tough injury to Tariq Cohen we'll get into that stuff here coming up fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week four. At quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins faces a Seattle Seahawks defense that has allowed nearly a full game's worth of yardage more than the next closest team. Six passing touchdowns have come against this defense, plus two more on the ground, and Fitzpatrick has shown he can still move with his legs. Injuries to two cornerbacks and star safety Jamal Adams has Seattle's defense behind the curve. Devin Singletary should see the majority of carries again this week if Zach Moss isn't capable of playing. No team has given up more PPR points than the Las Vegas Raiders against running backs, fueled by six rushing scores and a receiving touchdown. If John Brown is out of the passing game for Buffalo this week, it's safe to assume we could see more Singletary in the short passing game. Sticking with that same matchup, Hunter Renfro emerged as the top target last week for Derek Carr. It's unclear how much Darren Waller's lack of production was due to the Patriots keying on him or a combination of that with his knee injury. Las Vegas should be without wide receivers Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards in this contest, and Buffalo is pretty strong against running backs. There should be a lot more passing in this one than John Gruden may want. And finally, Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tanyan against the Atlanta Falcons. He has scored in consecutive games, and Atlanta has allowed the second most receptions, third most yards, and the eighth easiest touchdown scoring efficiency against tight ends so far in 2020. If Devontae Adams doesn't play again, it means Tanyan is likely to see an increase in looks. With Green Bay having a week five bye, they have no incentive to rush Adams back to the lineup. For more fantasy football tips and advice, Go check out thehuddle.com. Uh, even as hard as that was for Mitch to to be told that he's uh, he's you know Nick's going to go in and, and play. Um, Mitch was, to his credit, was just an awesome supporter of of Nick uh, the rest of that game, and he told he flat out told Nick, "I'm going to have your back just like you've had mine uh, from from the start." I think that that speaks to who he is as well with him speaking to all you guys after uh, 
after the game, which he doesn't have to do, and he did it. And I think that speaks volumes to Mitch and who he is as a person. So, um, you know, we're, we're still going to support each other as we move forward here. We have a healthy quarterback room, and we're just looking forward to prepping here uh, against the Colts. All right, Alyssa, it's Nick Foles' time, as you tweeted during the game. It's Nick Foles' time, and he is in there, and he did some great things there late in that third quarter. I thought, you know, obviously it started with the pass to Allen Robinson that looked like it was a touchdown, ended up being an interception. That was crazy. And then the Bears kind of overcome some adversity. You know, Foles hits this, like, a couple of great fourth down passes. That one to Ted Ginn Jr. was huge. And then later on, he takes a shot and finds Anthony Miller for the go-ahead score. I thought that was one. What a great throw that was, just standing in there and getting smacked as he throws it. I mean, you saw all the things with Nick Foles. But at the same time, I got to tell you, I still blame a lot of this on the Falcons. I want to give the Bears all the credit in the world, but my goodness, that franchise is unbelievable. That Falcons franchise. They do it twice in a row, blowing a big league. They led 26 to 10, and I just, I'm sitting there amazed that the Falcons keep going three and out and punting that football back to the Bears with all the things that happened against the Bears for them to not only take the lead, but to take the lead with still like two minutes left in the game. It was out of control to me. But I mean, what do you think about that comeback? And what do you think about that collapse by the Falcons? It was crazy because I'm sitting there, they're down 16. And I'm like, there's no way they can pull this off twice in, within three games. No way. And then I'm not buying it. And then I'm like, this is the Falcons they're playing. I'm like, watch them blow this game. Watch the, watch Nick Foles lead them back it's and they special. win this game. It's special to them. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was crazy. I mean, I think both the Bears and Falcons made history. The Bears have overcome um, two fourth quarters where they were trailing at least 16 points and they did it two of the last three games and the Falcons became like the first team to ever blow two straight fourth quarter leads where they're leading by at least 15 points or something and back-to-back games. It was just insane. Just this matchup was reality TV. It was great. It was great. And, you know, you keep begging for a a game that ends without you uh, on the edge of your seat or or trying to change your game story. And I don't think the Bears just won't do that. I already had it written. I had it written for a loss just because I'd like to be ready. If that's what I have to do every week to make sure they keep winning, then you know what? Yeah, I don't yeah. mind doing that. No, that's a good formula so far. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about the Tariq Cohen injury a little bit. I mean, he is a little playmaker for them. This is a tough loss for the Bears. He's not just a third down back, right? He's he's so much more than that. And don't tell me, Alyssa, that they're going to fill this spot with Corderell Patterson. Please tell me they're going to go find someone and they're not going to use Corderell Patterson in the Tariq Cohen role. Just please, please, I'm begging you not to tell me that. Well, funny enough, the Bears just made a move. They officially placed Tariq Cohen on IR and they elevated uh, undrafted rookie running back Artavis Pierce from the practice squad. And that's something that Matt Nagy has been talking about, how comfortable that they are with the depth at running back, which I wish I could say I was that comfortable, but I'm not feeling it, especially if, you know, we saw what happened with Montgomery when he was out and he almost missed the opener. Like, if something happens to David Montgomery, your lead back is Cordero Patterson, uh, and you (laughs) have an undrafted rookie, and you have Ryan Nall, who's played in, like, four regular season games, and it's just not an ideal situation. I mean, there's definitely some free agent options out there, but, I mean, the Bears just remain, they're they're persistent in that they're confident in the guys they have on their roster, but, you know, we'll see how long that lasts if something were to happen, but they did make a move, but it just happened to be an internal move from the practice squad. I mean, you wrote on Bears Wire about some people they could look at in free agency, and it was interacted with a lot by Bears fans, so I feel like that means Bears fans would love for them to go outside and get someone like a Lamar Miller, like a Spencer Ware, who was a good little running back for Kansas City and you know Marshawn Lynch I don't think he's the fit that Tariq Cohen was it that'd be a different style of back but Bilal Powell for the Jets was a pretty good back I mean these guys are all in the street do you think there's any chance in the world they go after one of these free agents I 
I'm not sure, but if there were, I would have to say it would be Spencer Ware just because Matt Nagy likes bringing guys in that are familiar with the type of offense he's running and, you know, obviously bringing him in in the middle of the season. He knows this offense. So like he's someone that I think could fit in that role if they did happen to go the free agent route. But I mean, at this moment, they keep insisting and they could have added a free agent running back earlier this offseason, too. And that's something that they chose not to do. Now, I don't know with Tariq Cohen going, going on IR, if that's something that they decided to think a little bit more about. But, you know, also on the free agent side of things, I would rather them go and sign Damon Snacks Harrison because, man, that defense is missing Eddie Goldman. They're, miss- they're down two nose tackles now. And they really need someone there in the middle. All right. I love that. I love I love the nickname Snacks. You know, that's, that's just, <laughs> it's just perfect. OK, the Bears next opponent is the Colts. They're they're two and one. Uh, I think a lot of people thought the Colts are going to be Super Bowl contenders with Philip Rivers this year. But I just I, I'm not seeing it through the first three weeks. Not seeing it. Alyssa and I will get into that one here coming up. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 4's marquee matchup between the New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots are plus seven underdogs. Chiefs minus seven home favorites. Over under 53 and a half in this game. Minus 110 on either side of that. Patriots plus 240 underdogs. Money line. Jeff, how are you feeling about this game? Oh, I'm totally on the Patriots plus seven. How often do you get Bill Belichick in a major game getting seven points? That Chiefs rush defense is really weak, so Cam Newton and company is going to be able to take the air out of the ball, keep Mahomes off the field. Um, And Bill Belichick, you know, has extra time to prep. He got short rest for Kansas City. I'm all on the I'm on the Patriots plus seven. Did you watch Monday Night Football? Did you see those Kansas City Chiefs? No, they're out to prove a point. They're still the best team in football. Take them minus seven at home to New England Patriots. I don't care. The best team in football. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to BetSlippin' Podcast. Be sure to rate and review. This just feels like a brand new Bears team. Alyssa with Foles going in here as the starter against the Colts, who are 2-1. And, and they've won two straight games, but those two straight games were against the Vikings and the Jets. The Jets are putrid. Uh, I think we know that. I think the jury's still out on Rivers and company. I'm not sure how good this Colts team is. So an opportunity for the Bears. What do you think? What's your leadoff take on this matchup? I mean, I definitely think this is their biggest challenge to date. I mean, I haven't been overly impressed with what the Colts offense has been doing, but that defense is scary good, and that's the Thing that had me a little nervous. I mean, I feel like a little bit more confident with Foles being there, but I was like, oh my gosh, what's Trubisky going to do against this defense? I'm like, I thought that was the game he was going to get pulled yeah. just because they have a great defense. I mean, this is a definitely a winnable game. The Bears are, a, they're 3-0. and They're one of seven 3-0 and teams left in the league and they're still not getting respected, which, I mean, you look at the opponents that they've beaten and they've won all three of those games by four points in each one, so combined 12 points. So, I mean, rightfully so, people are doubting them. And I feel like this could be a kind of early statement game where people would be like, oh, you know, you weren't playing the Falcons who were, you know, they had a whole bunch of injuries. You weren't playing the Lions or the Giants. Like, this could be a game where if they win, people can stop just being like, oh, they beat a bad team. 
You know what I mean? So oh, I no, feel no like doubt. they have an opportunity to go and do that with this game. Right. And I agree with you. I think people are underrating the Bears and they're not taking them as seriously as case in point. The Bears are two and a half point underdogs at home to this Colts team, which, as I said, they played the Jaguars week one, knocked out most of the people in survivor pools that week. Right. A lot of people jumped on the Colts, myself included. So maybe I'm just really mad at the Colts, you know, because for, well, <laughs> screwing me in week one. And, and then they play the Vikings, who kind of suck. And then they play the Jets, who really suck. Right. So I. So what have the Colts done that you know the Bears haven't? At least the Bears have been in some close games and they've found a way to pull them all out. I think the Bears a little underrated going into this game, and I I'll I'll take the points with them at home. Uh, I, that's what I'm going to do. Two and a half. I I like that. What do you think about the line and the Bears being underdogs in this one at home? Yeah, I think. I mean, if Trubisky was a quarterback, I'd totally understand that. But I feel like there's, the offense is just sort of rejuvenated. I have higher hopes for this offense heading into this game. Mm. With this defense, too, I mean, you see, you've seen the points that the Colts are able to put up, but you see the teams that they were able to put those points up against. Yeah, the Bears have some questions on defense, particularly the run defense. So, I mean, other than that, I don't see the Colts being able to put up that many points on them. And I know a couple, some of those points came off uh, turnovers by the other team. So, I mean, I, I like I like the points. Give me the points uh, on the Bears. I think they're a good bet. I'm, like, exhausted. We've only been going for, like, you know, almost 20 <laughs> minutes here. Listen, I'm, like, I'm breaking a sweat <laughs> talking about the Bears. There's just so much going on with this squad. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know. Did we miss anything? What else is going on? Kicker news? I mean, Eddie Pinero's <laughs> eligible to oh, come no, off no, IR. No. no, people can do that on their own time. We're not talking kicker. We're not talking kickers. <laughs> so, hey, all right. So, uh, hey, rest up because it's going to be more drama. I mean, I just see this one with the Colts. This is going to be another drama-filled game coming down to the fourth quarter. You could just you could just smell it coming, you know? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I can handle this again. But, hey, you know what? I'm going to have my story written for a loss if that's what it takes. And I'm going to be ready to rewrite it as the Bears go to 4-0, hopefully. Have a great week, Alyssa, all right? Yeah, you too, Ryan. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.